Welcome to Hunter and Craft Radio. Welcome to Hunter and Craft Radio, episode number four. Very excited to be with you today. It's uh, Chad McCaffrey and myself, and today we are talking about startups and sports. So in particular, why you should run your startup like a sports team. Um, so this is a topic that's very near and dear to uh, to both Chad and my heart. Um, you know, obviously being sports guys and team guys um, first, and then you know having some good experience um, building startups over the last few years. Um, so in terms of the the itinerary for today, we're really going to uh, harp on three main things. So we're going to talk about accountability, transparency, and leadership, um, and how those sort of how you need all of those things in um, in sports and business to really succeed. Um, and then we're going to talk about what really makes a championship team in, in our eyes. Um, and then we're going to have sort of some final wrap up thoughts, but. Uh, this is something that Chad and I have talked a lot about recently, um, especially, you know, building Post Beyond and sort of seeing the evolution of the team and how that's gone, um, you know, especially over the last year. Um, so, Chad, if you could just sort of, you know, uh, give a high level on, you know, why we're passionate about this topic and, um, you know, kind of a little bit of the breakdown of, you know, the different roles of startups and sports teams and, you know, how we see some parallels in those. Yeah, for sure. So I think, you know, you touched on the main one right off the bat Ev, in terms of, you know, the bond between teammates and really how special of a thing that is. I think, you know, for both of us coming from sort of that team sports background, our lives growing up, I think we've both seen those parallels, right? I think, you know, when it comes to the environment um, that you're in with that team and, and sort of everything that comes down. So I guess we can talk about it or the majority tonight will be around sort of hockey and then startups, right? And I think for the listeners, everyone can sort of take that into their own environment. But, you know, if you were to really quickly sort of break down roles in both of those areas, right? I think from a hockey team, you have, you know, the GM, you know, up in, in the rafters, sort of the role that that plays and then right down into the coach as well as, the, you know, the captains, the assistants on the team, the leadership from the individual players and how others sort of look up to, to various people and how you kind of build out this this sort of role structure and design design the team around that. So that's kind of looking at it from the hockey side. And then obviously startups being very similar. You know, you have, you have labels and names. Obviously people take on certain things like CEO to, you know, the sales leaders and to these various different functions. Um, and they're just so similar, right? You look at how sports, you know, just the way that everything comes together, championship team, which, you know, we're going to talk a lot about tonight, but how you staff these teams, how you think about the different personas of these people, you know, it's really, really interesting to sort of have the experience on both sides and be able to see that, you know, you're wanting to align things in a similar way. So as you're sort of building out that team and systems, obviously those processes are just so similar. And, and that's, that's really interesting and something that, you know, we wanted to bring to, to the group tonight. Yeah, I was literally visualizing in my head uh, just as we were sort of brainstorming, you know, some topics and things to talk about, right? You know, a, a very interesting thing, um, you know, that we've been doing just as part of the Post Beyond uh, process and evolution has been, you know, uh, in particular designing the sales process. Um, you know, I mean, Chad, Chad from the ground up has, you know, has done a lot of this stuff and I've been fortunate to learn from him. Um, but, you know, Chad, I mean, obviously you've done the, 
the entire customer success process um, and really just what that comes down to is just breaking down breaking things down into, into steps that are repeatable um, obviously those processes evolve but you know that's very similar to you know the the plays that a coach might be drawing up or you know the systems um, you know I mean in hockey we used to run the one two two you know one four checker two and then two right uh-huh. so different things that um, you know really make up it, you know, for us, it was we made up how the team played hockey. But um, you know, for startups, it's it really makes that's the fabric of of how you do business. Um, so that's you know that's a really interesting thing to dig into, and um, obviously a lot of parallels there. But Chad, you know, for those people who don't know, um, obviously your background, um, you know, you were a professional hockey player for uh, for a lot of years, and. Um, you know, you played very high level uh, with the Kitchener Rangers and, and won a Memorial Cup. Um, I'd love if you could just sort of chat about, um, you know, your leadership style and, you know, what you saw, you know, back in the day with the Rangers um, in terms of, you know, the process you guys had um, and the leadership you guys had um, on that team. Yeah, definitely. I think that's such a core, you know, part of my life that's really helped shape me, certainly with you know, the startup and the business that we're, you know, running now and working with every day. But, you know, on the Rangers side, I was super fortunate. You know, I had a team of guys that were just had a, a lot of really awesome talent and players and, and you have to make that all work still at the same time. But, you know, having the looking at it from the coaching kind of back to what you just mentioned in terms of systems, right? You look at a team at that level winning winning the national championship, the Memorial Cup, you know, the OHL, sort of everything that comes with that journey. Um it really comes down to the practices, you know, the time spent. We used to train like crazy. We had, you know, Tuesday personal trainers would come in and they would work us. So, you know, it was it was not something that just happened by fluke. Um, you know, the work you put into designing those plays, those systems, you know, simple things like just chipping the puck out properly, uh, you know, these little things that you wouldn't really think about, how important that becomes, right? Really breaking it down to the to the micro level. Um, and now you look at it from above, like a lot do, it just looks like, oh, this team's so good, they got a lot of good players. But the biggest learnings I had was how, to, how you pull all of that together, right? You have players that are scorers, right? And, you know, myself, I would have been put in that category, right? You're there to be an offensive player. You're there to be a guy that's dependent on to perform. You know, you're there to produce. And, and if not, you're in the rafters. You know, you're not playing the next game. So I think for me, the overall experience of, you know, playing, you know, hockey in the OHL, whatever, whatever teams, uh, you know, I was a part of at that level, it, it was all about the pressure to perform and being able to do that at a very high level every single night. So the consistency, um, you know, if you're going to put it on the power play, if you're going to be in those situations in front of your peers and you're out there for a reason, um, you need to show up. And I think that that's probably my leadership style very much comes from that. I think that, you know, as we'll talk about in the, the further topics of accountability and otherwise, but being able to empower your teammates, um, you know, your brother's, uh, sisters, however you look at it, to to show up and, and perform at their best is what it's all about. And I think, you know, that's where my leadership style comes from. I really like to to make people better. I think that that is the goal of anyone in business uh, or in sports. Um, and as a leader, that should be your goal. So that's kind of where I come at, come at it from. I think the Rangers was a great experience. I think I learned a lot from not only the coaches, but the guys on my team and sort of built that value around performing and, and kind of what it means to to win that championship and, and sort of take it, take that journey to that level. So 
Um, yeah, I mean, with that, Ev, why don't you tell us a bit about you too? Because I think you have a really interesting story. You're a guy that definitely comes from the same kind of fabric. But tell us a little bit about, you know, even from a hockey standpoint, the nights and a lot of stuff that that, that you did back in uh, in your early days. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, it's funny hearing you, the pressure you had to perform. Um, I feel like I had it easy in a lot of ways because, uh, you know, my – I was never a goal scorer to be, to be honest. I mean, I mean, maybe when I was a little bit when I was a kid, but, um, you know, actually when I was sort of growing up, I was, uh, you know, I started out as a scorer and then I kind of lost my way. Um, you know, I was, I grew really late. Um, so, you know, I was kind of the, the weaker guy that, um, you know, had a hard time competing kind of in the, you know, my early teen years and stuff. And I, I really had to find a way to, um, to be useful um, because you know it wasn't going to be scoring goals, um, so I pretty much became a you know a shutdown defenseman. Um, and it, you know, really core to my leadership style is doing whatever it takes um, to help the team win. And you know, really, a lot of it I find um, you know I have a really innate sort of desire um, to to win, but to make sacrifices for my teammates. Um, so. You know, in hockey, again, you know, I was never scoring goals, really. I was, uh, you know, I became a shutdown defenseman where, you know, I made sure that when I was on the ice, whatever happened, um, you know, that, that puck wasn't going in the net. So, you know, I'm, I became kind of famous for, you know, blocking shots off my face and doing, you know, crazy <laughs> Doing crazy stuff, you know, laying out in front of, uh, in front of slap shots and stuff just because, you know, that was how um, I would help the team win, right? And, you know, it's really interesting. I mean, you see, you know, when someone goes down to block a shot on your team and, you know, that's, it's a painful thing, right? It's, it, it hurts yeah. to, you know, take a, take a slap shot off the ankle or something like that. But, you know, that, uh, that pain goes away, but that sort of dedication that you're showing to your teammate by, you know, by putting your neck on the line and, um, and taking that pain and sort of stopping that goal that's something that you know breeds respect and trust um and really shows that you're dedicated to the team's cause so yeah i mean you know it's really uh sort of built into me to you know to sacrifice for the good of the team and again that's kind of you know that comes down to the brotherhood and the um you know really that special bond between teammates you know i was fortunate to grow up with you know playing playing hockey with the same group of guys pretty much from when I was 10 till 18. Right. So, you know, literally, oh, those are all still my best friends to this day. And, um, you know, again, I mean, we'll talk about kind of from a leadership perspective, you know, having, um, those core role players, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, you need, um, you need the role players in different areas to build, you know, to build a championship team. So, you know, I mean, like we like to say that, you know, everyone's a, everyone's a leader in their own way. So, uh -huh. So, yeah, I mean, I guess we might as well dive right into now, um, you know, more so, I mean, the, the three key topics obviously being um, accountability, transparency, um, and then leadership. So, Chad, if you want to dive into, um, you know, the, the accountability stuff and, you know, uh, flesh that out a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. So, this is a big one. I think, you know, accountability from a sports perspective, I guess we can start there. I think, you know, one thing you and I have talked about a lot on this topic is just, from a sports standpoint, there's nowhere to hide, right? So you have everyone's watching you from the bench, not only the people in the in the, the rink watching the game as fans, but your teammates and your coaches and, the, you know, those people that you spend day in and day out practicing with and training with. 
it's all there on the line and, and there's nowhere to hide, right? So it's that's a big thing that I love to sort of help companies with, you know, and, and working with peers and other people that are running their businesses is, is building this accountability into your team and really that empowerment kind of that we talked about earlier. It's kind of the same. So you have, you know, this ability to breed respect, you know, the teammates across the board, no matter by function, you know, they need accountability. They need a clear line of, of what they do, right? Like, what are they accountable for? I think the challenge is that accountability is much more difficult in business than it is in sports because I think, you know, again, you're just not fully out in the open all the time. You're not in front of your peers performing. Um, but I think the way I look at it is you want to build that same feeling or mentality into your team. And it's not a fear of failure because it's the complete opposite. You want people to be trying and getting after it. But I think if you if you think about accountability and sort of breed the culture with the group around that you know people are there like you're like you said the blocking the shots the the fighting is another thing in hockey that kind of you were alluding to with blocking shots like you're you're doing it for for the group and you're you know and sometimes that needs to happen in, in a sport like hockey right so if you're thinking about it in in sort of the business the day-to-day -day, people are doing different things but the clear accountability that you know i'm going to perform i'm going to get this you know i'm going to get this deal done or i'm going to you know in the product side you know get this um, feature coded and, and get it done on a certain timeline, whatever the, the context, I think being able to really tie the accountability back to sort of this open sort of aura of sport um, in many ways, I think is a cool parallel to, to the, an interesting way to look at it. Um, you know, the lineup is interesting, right? Thinking about sports, like adjusting people in different areas. You have, you know, different people that are doing different things. Obviously, you and I talk a lot about things on the go-to-market or the sales side. So where people are, are best focused is interesting um, and how you can kind of look at, you know, sort of removing this, you know, mediocrity in a sense. You don't want people to be thinking, oh, like that's just good enough. They, they want people to excel and you want them to really to get outside their comfort zone too. So I think that is in itself a big part of accountability. Um, you can get people excited about showing off their work and how they're going to be, you know, going to be doing that across the board. So that's a little bit on accountability. I think, you know, if you can do that properly, you're in a really good place. It's super difficult to do, but, um, you know, how you run your meetings, how you sort of communicate with the team, how you, um, you know, have clarity into who does what and, and how you're best gonna, you know, do it is very key. And then kind of back to, to finish off on the sports side of that, it's, you know, like you said, the, the roles and responsibility of a player, right? If you're a guy who's, job is there to you know find the holes and be the guy that puts it in the net you know you got other guys that are that are on the back end keeping out of the net um so really clear accountability as to the role and, and what you're supposed to be doing on a day-to-day -day is going to make all the difference and i think there's just a ton of parallels there that we we can always dig into um, that are going to help anybody listening with their day-to-day and -day their companies Totally. Yeah, I think uh, I'm just thinking of you know some some parallels as well to you know obviously all the all the internal meetings we have. Um, I, I found that's a really you know it's a it's a bit of a science that uh, you know we, I don't even think we still have right with with both beyond. But you know the the internal meetings, the you know the weekly standups, the you know the check ins, um, you know amongst the different teams, amongst everyone. Really, you know these these touch points throughout the week where people. You know, are talking about um, the work they're doing, and you know, maybe they're demoing their code, or you know, they're talking about this their great wins in a deal. Um, you know, that's similar to like you know, maybe in hockey watching game film or something, right? And you know, all these little these little meetings that um, you know bring people together, where you can talk about 
you know, wh what you've done right, what you've done wrong, and, and sort of learn from each other. Do you, maybe if you could, you know, talk a little bit about um, the, the, the meetings that you guys used to do or, or game film and, and how that translates to or some of the best practices you found from, you know, doing internal meetings uh, within within Post Beyond. Yeah, that's a that's a really good one and something that you really need to focus on. Um, I think, you know, back to if we're talking about my days in Kitchener, I think we were very obsessive about things like video. Um, we did it pretty much after every practice. It was something that was super clear and guys, you know, would get called out for certain, you know, plays that they, they weren't in a spot they're supposed to be in or things like that. And again, that really builds accountability to know, you know, that you're going to be get sort of, you're going to get called out in front of your peers and that sort of thing. But bringing it back to kind of, you know, internal meetings from a company standpoint, getting people to be able to show that, show off their work, you know, to your point, right. And share and collaborate. That's super important. Getting it out on the table. Um, you know, there's interesting ways to do that that we've been working on, certainly with products like Slack and, and cool things that you can do, which is a whole other episode. But, you know, the whole thing there about being able to just have that accountability towards the meetings, right? Like that people are clear in their um, in their work, clear what they're trying to do. I think a big thing, you know, we've been thinking a lot about lately as with our group is is thinking more micro in the sense of, you know, sort of based on the week not necessarily based on the year or the quarter, what can you do this week to be better? And I think that's very similar to the way sports, um, you know, folks think, right? It's, you know, about training. It's about getting on the bike. It's about doing these things in practice. It's about practicing your face-offs. It's all these things to get better for that, you know, Friday, Saturday night game. So I think the more that you can take that parallel over to your business life and your company as well is going to be hugely beneficial. You know, you're going to be able to, to get people to focus on really that practice and see it that way um, to perform at their highest level. And again, you know, I can't say it enough. I think the comfort zone thing is the biggest thing. You have to be able to have a mechanism in play to push people out of their comfort zone. And the minute you do that, the team's going to grow, you know, astronomically in their own abilities. And that's going to change the game for you and, and your company, right? Yeah, so that leads in really nicely to um, kind of the next key topic, which is really transparency. And that's something that I get really fired up about, um, you know, kind of juxtaposing what you were just talking about with, you know, focusing on sort of the day-to-day -day, uh, and week-to-week. -week, um, really, you know, that's kind of the, the internal execution type mentality. But then, you know, one thing that I find so important, you know, especially as I've been you know, working at Post Beyond and with EPROF previously and, um, you know, just really seeing different styles of leadership. Transparency, by transparency really I mean, you know, having no secrets, having very clear communication in terms of, you know, the morals and the values and the mission of the business. Um, I can't stress that enough how important I believe that is um, to really, you know, building whether you want to build a million dollar company or a billion dollar company, you know, having a very clear vision in place um, that, you know, and that comes from the top down, right? So, you know, with hockey, obviously, the, you know, the coaches, um, they're talking, you know, at the beginning of the year, they're really setting up the, you know, the culture and the, the core values of the team. Um, you know, they're obviously, they're doing things day to day to, you know, help their players build a routine. But at the end of the day, you want people, you want everyone to know as soon as they you know come onto the team or they come onto the you know uh, their new employee at your company, you want them to know exactly what they're coming into, exactly what the you know the mission of this company is, 
um, because really that's what gets gets people motivated, right? You know, um, and that's what breeds trust. Really, is you know, if you have very clear communication, um, you know, throughout the company, and that's why you know products like Slack, for example, um, have grown so massively, right? Is because uh, communication in startups is such a such a difficult thing, um, and you know, a lot of people, you know. They like to think in kind of an old school mentality, you know, uh, from a from a hierarchy perspective. But you know, in in sports, what makes great hockey teams or great sports teams is you know it's a level playing field, right? Everyone's a leader in um, in their own way, and everyone's you know it's completely flat. Um, and really, there's trust and respect um, in every you know uh, internal conversation and relationship. Um, so, you know, again, back to motivation, motivation is a, is a really interesting thing in startups. I mean, um, you really need to know what you're working towards, um, to, to have that motivation day to day, because it's pretty easy to get off track and, um, and to sort of lose your way. Um, and, uh, you know, that, I mean, that, that comes from the leadership down, right? Really just, you know, the, the vision can obviously evolve, but, you know, it's super, super important to have that core fabric uh, and the core values of the business established and to communicate those uh, to everyone in the company. The whole idea of transparency, you see so many companies doing it really well right now, right? And we've talked a lot about them. You see some are very overly transparent. I think it's it's very difficult to, to be like that. You know, it's just too much, I find, at times. But there's no there's no denying that, like, you know, being open and transparent even to the outside world now is very interesting and builds a lot of trust even with outside like potential clients and people that would like to work with you right like you know that you can't say enough about that certainly in today's world right people can come into the digital realm and see what you're all about and understand everything to do with your business and and you can shed a great light on the world through transparency and i think that's going to bring a lot of great things but internally you know it's not an easy task you know back to what you said earlier right building out um, communications, especially as you start to grow, you know, we've gone through this as a team, right? You, you grow and there's, there's just people that focus in certain areas. And so how do you then communicate the overarching piece, uh, and then break it down into the, the teams, uh, things like that is, is very, some is something to talk about in itself. Right. But I think to take it back over to sports, right. I think thinking about, um, you know, why why is it that professional athletes you know their 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 money's published online right from a salary or you know contract standpoint right like it's ultimate transparency and why does that work right so it's obviously a question i'm just throwing out there right now but i think it's really interesting to think about right why does that work so well that people are very aware of who's you know on what contracts who's you know hitting in the hockey side of it the cap and that kind of stuff why does that work and how is there still all that trust built into the team, right? And and there's those guys that are again, it's just dependent, and they're dependent on on they're what they're accountable for, right? You know, your Phil Kessel or any of these guys, you know, name it, Johnny Taves, all these guys, they're there, they're on big contracts, they're there because that's what they that the output is that they bring, right? In leadership, in stats, etc. So, I think obviously this is going to take us into the next piece as well around the leadership, but the transparency is a big reason why that works. I think, and I think it's very tough to do it in business, but it's also an interesting topic to see companies that are actually publishing this stuff openly um, right now. And, and I don't know what you, you think about that, but obviously I think that's a big part of this, right? I think transparency is, is kind of, you're seeing it in a lot clearer uh, way than, than ever before. 
uh, lately, right? Yeah, I think really it's you know um, having the leaders of the company paint the very clear picture of you know here's where we're going, here's what we're trying to be, and here's all of the different pieces to the puzzle that you know that come together to make that you know over the long term, and here's where you fit into that, um, and just having that sort of very clear plan in place. I know that's you know what investors look for, and I know. Uh, you know, when I was building EProf, until you've really been uh, in the trenches and seen how teams evolve and how teams work, I mean, that's what, what I'm really enjoying about PostBound right now is, you know, seeing from customer success to sales to marketing to product, really how all of those things come together and need to work as such a cohesive unit um, to really be successful. And, you know, when that when there isn't transparency, really, you know, you get people kind of trying to do too much or, you know, not playing their roles and, you know, then they lose motiv- motivation and, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of all, o- all, over, all over the place, right? So, um, you know, there's a, there's a very clear reason why, you know, amazing companies, I mean, the one that comes to mind, I, I'm a total fanboy for them, but uh, Sales Loft, you know, starting from Kyle Porter, the CEO down, you know, every, every single interaction you have with those, uh, anyone at Sales Loft, you know, they're, they're speaking the same language, right? They're preaching, you know, um, that they want to be a billion dollar company, uh, one of the first billion dollar tech companies out of Atlanta. And, um, you know, they're, they got their team hashtags and their t-shirts and all that type of stuff. And really that's why we see, especially with post beyond, we've seen this employer branding and culture actually becoming a, a big part of companies marketing mix now, now, because, you know, again, with building startups, you want to be attracting talent um, and so showcasing, you know, the amazing team that you have in the culture uh, um, is a really way, a great way to, again, show transparency and, and grow your company and attract people um, that are like-minded and want to be a part of that. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, that definitely leads, leads into the leadership uh, piece pretty nicely. Absolutely. So, yeah, no, keep going on that. I think that's a great vein. That's so great. from a leadership standpoint... I mean, let's start on. Let's start again. Go back to the sports side. So let's talk about. Let's keep it on the hockey side of it. So you know, what do you see in good leadership? Like, what's a good example of why leadership matters in in that world, right now? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, the with the NHL playoffs just finishing up, um, you see that you know who are the two captains playing in the finals, right? Jonathan Taves and Steven Stamkos, two heart and soul Canadian boys. Um, you know, you know, pretty similar in that, you know, they lead by example. Those two guys are, um, you know, they're not just scorers. They're, you know, two of the better defensive players on both of their teams. Jonathan Taves, you know, won like 75% of his face-offs. Um, you know, that, those are guys that are going balls to the wall every single night, um, you know, putting everything on the line. Um, and those are people that, you know, you want to play with, uh, you want to play for, and you want to make sacrifices for, um, and so, you know, and really it's, you know, it starts there and then it goes to, you know, the coaches, obviously, uh, Joel Quenville, uh, John Cooper, um, and then to the, you know, the GMs who are really, you know, they have the overall vision and they're, you know, again, putting all these pieces together. Um, so, you know, obviously Steve Eiserman with, uh, with Tampa Bay and then, um, you know, Stan Bowman with Chicago, they're really the architects of, um, you know, the, the massive process of getting to that championship and uh, and putting all the right pieces in place there and 
Um, you know, I'll talk about you know the Leafs because obviously they're they're the exact exact opposite end of, end of the spectrum. But I'll tell you why. You know, I do think um, you know they're finally doing it right uh, in the sense that you know it, it again it comes down to leadership, right? And you know, I've said for a long time that unfortunately, you know, you have Dion Phaneuf as your captain, uh, although you know he's a good hockey player, he does not have the same. Um, leadership skills that you know a Jonathan Taves or Steven Samkos has and if you do want to be a championship team you need that at the at the heart of your team um so you know that's why they're looking to trade Fanuf and Kessel um and it's because you know a guy like Brendan Shanahan he recognizes I mean he's been a part of championship teams he is that he was that heart and soul guy for the Detroit Red Wings for a lot of years right and um you know he was he was the guy in front of the net, grinding and, and banging pucks home um, and winning championships, right? And so he knows, um, you know, what it takes to win, and he knows he needs leaders, and that's why, you know, talent attracts talent, right? So leadership attracts leadership, and that's why, you know, Brent Shanahan has been able to attract Mike Babcock in addition to the eight million bucks a year they gave him. But you know, I digress. He, uh, um, you know, Mike Babcock again. You know, he's the next piece of the puzzle, and um, and you know, that's really. With any championship team or any you know uh, amazing startup, you need to have an incredibly strong core leadership group um, if you're going to succeed. Well, I think it, yeah, you brought, you said so many important things there. I think that you know the one thing that I love to unpack more is just more around the leadership, breeding leadership, right? So I think if there's anything I've seen across the board, and you know, been fortunate to play on a lot of great championship teams, and you know, a lot of great guys and teammates. Um, a lot of it is you bring, you know, you bring those kind of guys to the to the group, right? Uh, a lot of guys, if you're going to bring in a, a, a core guy like that, whether it is a coach and in, in, in the sports side, you know, but anyone, even and let's take it to the business side now, right? I mean, let's talk about any business. You you bring in, a, you know, a quality guy that that is his head's in the right place and he's a leader by example. Um, that guy's going to bring more more folks to the business like himself and and you're going to start to see because everyone i mean we live and we talk about this a lot obviously but you live in a referrals type of world right people are going to speak to their friends it's peer-to-peer you know that stuff starts to run an engine for you as you grow out your team or your business and you, you can't say that enough right if you have kind of born leaders or you have people that have that sort of intrinsic values that they they possess they're going to bring quality talent that's where talent acquisition comes in and that's where you know, as you mentioned in, in sort of the hockey world, you see that, right? Guys are going to want to play on a team or on a line with, with Johnny Taves or with Steven Stamkos, right? Or, or any of these guys. I think it's really interesting to to see what happens when free agent time comes and where guys want to go, right? Because they know that that, that sort of value is going to come joining a, joining a team that has that ability and, and that, that's what people want to be a part of. So I think, you know, leading back to your kind of employer brand, I know that's been a big topic too and something that leads into this very well, but the fact that you're putting that out there and that is visible, it's visible and sort of, it, it creates sort of this, this funnel towards you as a business, right? It, it attracts people. It's, it's an attractive thing. And I think no matter what the context, whether it be sports or, you know, your business and your startup, you want to create that as much as you can through your people and you're going to see major uh, success because of it, right? And that's it for this week on Hunter and Craft Radio. Hope you guys enjoyed this new format. Our goal is to really deconstruct this topic 
If you guys have any other topics that you'd love us to talk about on the show, please reach out to us direct at Hunter and Craft on Twitter or on the website hunterandcraft.com. See you guys next week.